Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Morning, everybody. Evolutionary.org hardcore podcast coming your way. Today, we're doing the Dallas McCarver death cycle. This is episode 133. Steve Smee here in the mob. So, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, it's it's cold, it's freezing, but we're going to do a hot podcast because this stuff is one of those crazy out there things. And, and we're going to dissect this. We're going to run an autopsy on the death cycle. And then we're going to get into the other stuff. And we're going to do this slightly differently today. We're doing all of this cycle craziness at the beginning of our podcast and then we're going to get into the other stuff after okay yep all right guys all right guys so dallas mccarver died he passed away he was a younger guy made big news um it was around the time too rich piana died so it was kind of a a big thing but in this situation it was kind of shocking because of his age so Mm. we're going to talk about his cycle what he ran and then we're going to talk about the second half of the show, as Mobster said, we're going to get into his autopsy and what they found. So the rumors have been going around that Chicken Chad Nichols came up with a huge steroid cycle, which was used by Dallas McCarver prior to his death. So, guys, please do not follow this. It's going to – it'll kill you. Um, it'll put you in the hospital. You'll have a lot of problems. So, But we're going to talk about this. It needs to be talked about. We need to learn from it so, so future guys don't make the same mistakes, guys. And I think believe that by talking about it, it's going to save lives. So we're definitely going to talk about this here. So Dallas McCarver, guys, um, really quick, he placed eighth at the Mr. Olympia. Many projected him to be a Mr. Olympia contender over the next few years. But at 26-year-old, he was found dead in his home. And uh, this happened uh, three years ago. So we're going to talk about what he did. So, Mobster, you want to start a, a touch on that a little bit, and then we can start talking about uh, – we have 18 different compounds and supplements that we attribute to the death cycle. So we're going to talk about 18 in total. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like it's longer already. That's the speed at which these things kind of move in. Uh both uh, Steve Smith and I, uh, we, we, we're kind of historians for the sport. So we've seen a couple of these kind of crazy cycles and you have these kind of conversations and even online from time to time. And I know, for example, I uh, had uh, a couple of conversations over the phone with Rich Borison back in the day, uh, Paul Borison, should I say. Paul used to have these things where he would, in his magazines and online, probably a way of attracting attention to put together these kind of crazy cycles. What if I won the lottery cycles? What if I got divorce cycles? It was all kind of fun. And guys would kind of push the envelope just by talking about what they were going to do. And then that unfortunately seems to tend to, towards, we actually start to hear of guys doing five grams. We start to hear of guys doing six grams and, and crazy amounts of this and crazy amounts of that. So it's kind of bizarre. And as Steve Smith said, both here in the UK and the US, it was kind of one of those things where this cycle thing came out pretty much within days, I think, Steve. Uh, two to three days of of his death, we were with this. The rumor started to come round that whether by uh, Chad 
rumoured to have created it or whether um, Dallas himself had, had chosen to go this particular route. It, and it was every place. And to be honest, I haven't seen anybody actually say, no, definitely not. No, this didn't happen. And normally when you get this kind of stuff, especially when someone's just died, someone jumps up and says, you know, I never said that. I never pushed that. So there might have been one of those things where you can do this if you want to, but it's kind of crazy. And we're thinking maybe this is how it's gone ahead. So let's get into the growth form. I'll ask, we're going to be doing a back and forth on this. So Steve, the suggestion here from the death cycle, and there's a bunch of places you can go and find, and pretty much every single report is the same, was that he was using 22 IUs a day. Now, I said to Steve in, in, in a, in a pre-show, to my knowledge, and based on a typical price, here in the UK, you'd be looking at something like £1,000 a month. And, and a price typically in the US, somewhere between $300 and $500. I'm going to say on the basis of $500 for 100 IUs, it's to two and a half to $3,000 a month just on growth hormone. Now, anybody that's followed me on the forums and to some of the other moderators, are not, not, uh, we're not too different in our opinions on this. The optimal amount for most people is between 2.5 IUs a day or 5 IUs every other day. One or two people creep up to the 10 IUs level. But once you get above 5 IUs every other day, you're looking at issues with, as per our article on this, edema, so that's water retention. Carpal tunnel is especially bad for most people once they get there. You do this long-term, if you can afford to do it long-term, you start to get that tightness in the wrist. You use, you're overusing uh, your tendons there anyway with the stuff that you're doing in the gym. And it gets to the point where it's physically painful to do certain exercises. And carpal tunnel eventually ends up being surgery where they're literally cutting the, the tubes that the, the sheaths that your tendons are running through and to free up your hands to, to stop the pain and discomfort. And, and then, of course, uh, long-term use, arguably, we're talking about enlarged organs. And, of course, Dallas was a big, big guy. Now, whether he was doing this for short periods of time or long periods of time is hard to answer. Uh, but I'm going to guess here, because of everything that's going on, because of the way that he was kind of blowing up, because we've seen videos which are still online of him blowing, to, to use the phrase here in, his, in, in the UK, blowing out of his ass, just posing, because we know that he'd had a, an issue backstage, which we'll get into, and because, of course, of his untimely death, we can only guess that with this kind of stuff and the, the enlargement to your organs and everything else that you're doing, and, of course, the, ultimately the way that the autopsy suggests he died, kind of been good for his heart as well. I mean, another side effect here, for example, is insulin resistance, and an awful lot of guys have issues with that. Uh, the, the pluses, of course, are... It working in conjunction with steroids, the, the retention of muscle, and especially with something that we talk about quite a lot on the forums, anti-aging is great for your skin, it's great for tissue repair. In the strongman community, the stuff that I'm familiar with, the strength side, very, very good at connective tissue repair and enhancing the strength there because, of course, you're doing kind of crazy stuff and the risk of injury is very high. So, there, yeah, that's just the growth hormone, with Steve. Let's yeah, get into, yeah. for, for your sake, let's get into the insulin. What do you think? Yeah, number two, fast-acting insulin. Number three, long-acting insulin. So the reason why you use insulin when you're at that level and you're running that much HGH is the HGH is going to shoot your blood sugar up 
So the insulin is going to drop it back down. It's a yin and yang effect. So if you're running that much HGH, you have to run insulin with it. You And you do that so you can partition your food. So a guy like Dallas McCarver, who's that big, wants to get that big, that muscular, you've got to feed your body. You got to feed those muscles. So any meal that he eats, he wants to be taking short acting insulin before that meal so that he can partition that meal as much as possible. If he misses an insulin dose before a meal, it's like wasting that meal. So to be able basically to absorb, to put in plain English, to be able to absorb that much food and to drop that blood sugar from the HGH, the insulin would have to be used. So the short acting insulin, we think 25 IUs of that. And then hundred units of long acting insulin in the morning. And that long acting insulin is the backup plan in case you're not able to take your insulin or, and it just kind of throughout the day, since he's eating so frequently every hour, every two hours, he's feeding his body that makes it to where he can absorb all this um, crazy amount of food. So a normal person, if you were to try to eat with Dallas McCarver 8, with all, all the HGH, the insulin, the steroids, the drugs that he's taking, you would just get fat. You would end up 500, 600 pound obese person. But in his situation, <laughs> he's able to yin and yang all these together, and he's able to eat that much food and, and basically grow muscle, um, you know, and, and that kind of gives him an advantage. So that would be the reason for number two and number three, the short-acting short insulin, the fast-acting insulin. So mobster, take us to number four and beyond. Yep. Right, so IGF-1, 10 to 15 milligrams on training days is a suggestion here. There's a, there's a couple of issues right at the top of my mind. Number one, which is just for the guys listening to this podcast and, and taking our advice, finding good IGF, that's legit, is difficult. I'll be crude as usual and say, hey, it's still fucking expensive. The dose that's suggested is high as fuck i think steve will probably know better than i do but isn't it one to two milligrams a day steve very very low dosages normally and that's assuming you've got the real deal and you can afford to run this kind of stuff and then finally which is a, a, a particular issue here and it's something we touch onto with for example when we talk about the myostatin inhibitors and stuff which is not part of the death cycle but i refer to it as a side issue for a second this is idea that we've got selective versus non-selective things going on here what we want IGF for, of course, is its ability to, again, as usual, force nutrients in the muscle, increase performance and recovery. But IGF can, in certain individuals, and we know that Dallas potentially had a background history of family medical issues, and we'll get into that later, is going to potentially cause tumours and cancer. They've got issues with hypoglycemia. So you've got, you're, you're already messing with insulin, as Steve's just talked about, and now you're messing around with your blood sugars again with using IGF. It's it's kind of like, no wonder we're talking about, we call this a death cycle, because you're going, you're rolling two dice. You're not rolling one dice, Steve, you're rolling two dice. And most guys, let's go back to the insulin again. Most guys, and we've talked about it, it's a number of times in the form. And I know this, not from my own personal experience, but just by knowing people around me that have messed with insulin, most guys get fat. They, they don't get that great anabolic response that we think, insulin's good for they get fat storage they 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 don't run it properly they, they use too much and they make a mess of it so we're talking about insulin and then we're saying okay let's take some igf and mess mess around with that risk humors risk cancer 
and then of course potentially cause hypoglycemia as well. So you're messing with your blood sugar already, and that's twice. And we're only we're only down to drug number four, people. We've still got 14 drugs to go. So let's get into them. Shall I do it, or do you want to do the next one, Steve? The and and a draw. Yeah, man. If, if, yeah, you can you can hit that one. It's up to you. Okay, yeah. so let's 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 go with the anadrol. Right. So way way but a lot of guys, anadrol, uh, anapolin, whatever is a great drug for pounding the strength, pounding the mass. <sighs> Assuming you use sensible levels, and sensible levels, in our opinion, is twenty five to fifty milligrams a day. There have always been reports of up to one hundred milligrams, and guys talking about putting on twenty pounds. Now, twenty pounds. 90% of that 20 pounds is water. I've I've run this in the past and I didn't get anything from it. So maybe what I was using was uh, poor, wasn't the real deal. Or maybe I was always getting towards the size I was ever going to be. And me putting on 20 pounds of water would have been absolutely awful. It would have killed my blood pressure and whatever else. So that, that's without getting into the side effects, including androgenic and estrogenic problems. There's a V. The, the, the high estrogen is going to get bloat you as well. Liver toxic. And again, we're talking about between 50 and 100 milligrams a day with the sensible stuff being done 25 to 50 milligrams. But what we're looking here, Steve, is three to 400 milligrams a day. So essentially somewhere between eight and 10 times a sensible level of use. And if, if I said that 50 to 100 milligrams is going to bloat you and put 20 pounds of 18 and a half, 19 pounds, you know how this works, Steve. They put on 20 pounds. How much of that is water? How much do they retain after the cycle? Maybe it's good for your leverage for strength or whatever else. And that's at 50 to 100 milligrams, Steve. We're talking eight to 10 times, eight times at 400 milligrams, three to 400 milligrams a day. So Christ knows what it's doing to his blood pressure. And again, his heart, which we'll get into. Christ knows what it's doing for the sheer amount of water that this fellow would have been carrying in the off season. Yes, he was a huge, huge muscular guy. but even at my size, even at his size, putting 20 pounds of water onto that kind of frame, that's going to be ugly. It's going to make me, my blood pressure would be through the roof. I'd be out of breath all the time. I've done stuff when I put on 15 or 20 pounds on a cycle, a sticker cycle that I've mentioned on the forums. And that was ugly just walking up and down one flight of stairs when I lived in a real small house. 20 pounds on that, 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 that was out of breath doing normal stuff, that's getting pumps going to town and having to stop walking into town because it was killing me. And that was 15 to 20 pounds of water, Steve. So, and that's on that's on a low dose. That was on, hell, some of that stuff when I bought those kind of pumps has been on Anavar. Anadrol's water, water, water all day long. But for the majority of users, and especially at 50 to 100 milligrams a day. So three to 400 milligrams, it's just like, why? The stress on your liver, the sheer amount of water, your blood pressure through the roof. It, I can only say that it speaks of the psyche of the user and their desperate need, which we kind of know and we kind of understand, to get big and to get strong. But the, the, you get there, you add this 20 pounds, it's ugly, it's horrible, and that's uncomfortable. And again, as we've just said, that's without the other 17 drugs that's listed. That's just this one drug. That's without messing around with the blood sugar. That's without messing around with all the other things. So let's let's get on to number six. Yeah, number Steve, six. Yeah, number yeah. six is going to be EPO, 7,200 IU's a day, which is a crazy amount. 
EPO guys, um, you, you hear a lot about EPO being used in the endurance world, Re increases RBC count, red blood cell counts, and that was increased oxygen carrying capacity of the blood and more oxygen in muscles and tissues. So why would he use it in this situation? My suspicion is during his workouts, he wants to get the most insane workouts possible. Uh, he must've been an absolute beast in the gym. So mm. um, this kind of gives him the endurance to push through with the extra, you know, the extra rep or two as his heart rate during his workout would have been elevated as it is. So this kind of pushed him through his workouts and gave him some crazy workouts. So that's why he would run the EPO. So really um, all these other steroids that he's using are going to already boost red blood cell count. So for him to use the EPO is just, just icing on the cake at this point. It's just an, an insane idea. Number seven, I'll do number seven mobster and I'll bring you in for uh, number eight and number nine. Um, number seven, 40 milligrams a day, halotestin. Now, halotestin, one of the most potent steroids. Unlike anadrol, which Mobster talked about a couple before, anadrol binds to estrogen receptors, although it doesn't aromatize into estrogen. Halo doesn't aromatize or bind to estrogen receptors at all. So it's a great steroid as a hardener and for strength. So this allowed him to push a lot of weight in the weight room without adding water retention, but extremely toxic steroid. So 40 milligrams a day, gosh, I mean, 10 milligrams a day by itself would be a cycle for a normal mm. Joe mm. gym rat weekend warrior. Yeah. 20 milligrams would be more than enough. He's taking 40 milligrams. So on top of the other stuff, so it's an insane amount. So officer, what are the next ones here? I, I believe they touched very, very quickly on the EPO. Something we quite often do in this podcast, Steve, is we go back to what we would swap in or what we would change. So for example, I would take the EPO completely out and change that for GW. I would bring in, don't be forced an oxygen into your blood, make your body work and, and kind of help the GW to get fit. But with all the other drugs, you're kind of rushing around. It's kind of crazy. On a halo testing, funny enough, I've just ordered some from one of our sponsors and I've got that coming. But as Steve said, I'm going to be running that real, real low. And I won't be using it until I've started. I'm doing a bit of volume at the minute. When I change back to doing more the low volume stuff and for strength, I'll probably introduce this for some max efforts on squats and bench press or whatever. But real, real low dosages. Again, probably no more than 10 milligrams, like Steve said. Masteron, drug number eight. And we've still got 10 drugs to go, Steve. It's just crazy. So Masteron, I'm going to read from the article here. Cosmetic hardener. And we've mentioned this in a bunch of cycles. It's one of those ones that makes the muscle feel firm. Now, of course, that's a combination of training nutrition and low, low fat levels, but Masteron seems to add something more. It's one of those ones that you see certain guys, I think of the Dorian Yates at his best, where they kind of have a gnarly hard look. Some of that comes from muscle maturity as well. Masteron gives a lot of guys that look. And the guys that mess with Mavinchulin uh, and diuretics tend to have a feel that look rather than a vascular hard look. Masteron is one of those ones that will do that problem, of course. Again, and it, 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 uh, there's no suggestion of dosages here, but uh, we're talking about potential DHE issues like enlarged prostate and hair shredding. How many times, Steve, have we seen guys come onto the forum that run in sensible doses of steroids and they're worried about, they're literally combing hair and they're, they're seeing more hair than normal. It's perfectly normal to lose 50, 100 hairs a day. But when the guys start to see clumps when they start to see this is in women as well drug using women 
hair coming out and, and, and their hair going thin. And if there was always going to have issues with baldness, they're bringing that stuff forward. So high levels, and we're talking about a potential, which again, Steve would know the dosage in better than me, but 700 milligrams a day. I'm going to say with zero research to, my, to, to, to refer to, but I believe off the top of my head, that's about two and a half times, three times what would be a good level. And that's in a multi-steroid cycle. Let's say three to four steroids and you put Mastron as one of the four steroids. You're talking about two, 400 milligrams, something like that. He's running this stuff at 700 milligrams a day. Not a week, not split over two dosages. This is a day. So can you imagine, Steve, I don't even want to imagine, bearing in mind where it is, what the condition of his prostate would have been like. And again, you, you, if this cycle had worked and if he hadn't died and if he'd have become Mr. Olympia, I think he'd have lasted like one, two competitions and then had to retire because his prostate's going to be like a fucking football. He's going to be bored. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to have to get implants. And that's just drug number eight. Let's have a look here. Do you mind if I cover this one as well, please, Steve? T3? Take it. So thyroid drugs, T3 specifically, and I'll do the numbers, 75 milli micrograms. I nearly said milligrams. You never, ever confuse those two figures, people. You run this stuff real, real low, 10, 20 micrograms a day. I know a bunch of women and a few guys that have gone to the local people that you get stories from up here. I'm not going to name names, but I've mentioned them on the forums in terms of the accessibility in the UK, how easy it is to get all the certain things. These are people that are not doing any kind of training whatsoever. They barely diet, and they've gone and they've asked for a T3, a thyroid-type drug, whether it's, whether it's clenbuterol, clen with the shakes, whether it's uh, multiple different thyroid drugs in the same in the same tablet, the same manipulator, the same whatever. Guys, you're shaking, your, your sleep's terrible, you feel kind of jittery all day long, if you've got any issues with anxiety, so you're, all, you're creating a, a, a physical situation in your body that feels like anxiety, and you've already got anxiety too. Some people get headaches. And of course, as and, and, and worst case scenarios, and I'm pretty sure that we've addressed this on the forums as well, guys end up with permanent long-term damage to their thyroid glands. To the, to the point where they are on medication for life because they decided that, you know, I'll double the dose, I'll triple the dose. And again, up, off the top of my head, and without referring again, I believe that 75 micrograms a day is about three times the higher end of what you should be using for T3. And again, this is with other drugs. There's almost certainly, and again, we're still only at number nine, there's going to be other drugs in there with everything else that he's already doing that I would not, I mean, if, if you're holding that 20 pounds of water that I mentioned from the Anadrol, and then you're not getting to sleep. So now you've got issues with that sleep apnea, you, you've got that blood pressure, you've got ha headaches and anxiety just from the T3, and you're barely able to sleep and you've put on 20 pounds of water and you're like, I can't imagine if, how uncomfortable, Steve, is it going to be of a night time trying to get the rest after those crazy workouts with everything in your system running at 100 miles an hour without getting into the medical issues and you're banging in T3, a thyroid medication at the same time. There are ways and means, which we address on the forum a million times, guys, you come and check out our articles, come and check out our advice of running some of these things in a safe and sensible way or at low levels with minimal risk. 
this is not the way that's done, Steve. I'll let you touch on the NPP. Drug number 10, people, NPP, Steve. Yeah, so NPP, nandrolone, phenylpropionate. Uh, it's, it, you know, you know, as decadurabolin, this is a short ester version of nandrolone. And you would use this. This is, we're starting to get into the more steroid, uh, the steroids to kind of build size, increase protein synthesis, boost muscle shrinking. Steroids, steroids work. Um, you, you, they're going to allow you to build more muscle, build more strength. And with NPP, we think he ran a thousand milligrams a week which is chump change for, uh, for this entire cycle. So very mild and NPP is going to be a mild one. It's going to be mild, but it's just going to help you. It's going to help you build, build muscle. Same thing with Prima Bowl and number 11, a gram a week, thousand milligrams. It's another mild steroid. And this is basically icing on the cake. Uh, this is basically a steroid that they use a lot in the seventies and eighties because mm -hmm. they liked it because it built great lean muscle gains. So but if you're running a high doses of pyrimabolin, you do open yourself up to more DHT, dihydrotestosterone side effects, as Mobster mentioned earlier with the prostate and the head hair issues. So pyrimabolin is a mild steroid. Usually we would run DECA, uh, DECA or any type of nandrolone around three to 500 milligrams a week. Primabolin normally run it four to 600 milligrams a week for a gym round, which is plenty. And we think he's running at least a thousand milligrams a week a gram so yeah he's definitely you know that he's adding these guys this is icing on the cake and um this will just help him it would they would help him build good quality lean muscle mass um and and it's it's one it they're they're both uh going to be ones that you're going to run for uh three months or more in his situation probably four or five months or more so mobster uh tell us a little bit about the next couple so, so Winstrel, there's a couple of drugs that we've just mentioned, guys. We're talking about issues with DHT. Uh, we didn't mention with the MVP, you still have the potential, which you would with the, is the longer version, DECA, because of the DECA Vic. So God knows what was happening there. But we're, we're back to hair loss again with Winstrel. We're back to issues with the enlarged prostate again. We've always talked about liver strain from the anadrol, and we're back to that again. And, and and then of course Winstrol's the great one for drying out your joints. Uh, Deca or MPP would probably help with that a little bit while you're on cycle. We said this a million times, guys. You're on cycle, you feel great. You're off cycle, your joint issues are back. And Winstrol is a terrible one. It, it, even I mean, this is actually almost bordering on a sensible dose. It's almost, but it's still 100 milligrams a day, I believe, off the top of my head, a, 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 an effective dose over the week would be probably about half this, about 350 milligrams a week, maybe a little bit less. But you're, again, it's in conjunction with all the other previous 11 drugs. So guys that have run relatively sensible doses have still come up against the dry joints. And again, this depends on how lean you are, what kind of fats in your diet and all that kind of stuff as well. But again, we're talking about a competing bodybuilder here. We're talking about a guy off season, it's different from from competition season, when you start to diet down, you start to lose that body fat. So any cushioning you had between the muscles, muscles, especially if you start to take out the watery ton of drugs and, and, and the water retention you can have on the other drugs anyway. And so, lo, lo and behold, you're going to start to notice these the wind strolls, terrible thing of, for some people, drying out the joints. And and then, I mean, it's, it, one of the, the, the better things 
and we mentioned it with Mastron already, is it will dry you out, it dries the joints at the same time, and it will give you that harder look. And again, it's one of those things where you kind of get into, if the body fat's low enough, that kind of gnarly, hard, nasty kind of look. Now, from memory, Dallas wasn't really that kind of bodybuilder. So it could be one of those ones you go, really, perhaps he ought to perhaps use less watery drugs because if the death cycle's true, why is he doing stuff that's holding a load of water and at the same time using dry and hardening drugs? Maybe the, 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 the message, the, the idea, was that he was trying to combat that water. Well, then lower the dose of the watery kind of stuff, guys. Work on your diet. Don't, don't, I mean, to me, sometimes a death cycle is like doing three cycles at once. Right, we're doing one cycle, this condition, have a bit of a break, one cycle for the next thing and so on. Vis-a-vis -vis the old-fashioned way of bulking up and then in the winter time and then getting cut in the summer time. I think, as I said at the right at the beginning of the podcast, it's too much, too soon, too quick, too much of a rush to get to the absolutely crazy levels that was needed. Novadex or Arimidex. We're talking 40 milligrams a day of the Novadex if he was using it, which is kind of old school, of course, but if we're talking about all the other drugs, I was in no potential for issues with estrogen and vis-a-vis -vis, uh, men do not want the, 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 the nipple issues, they don't want the estrogen issues, they don't want the kind of macassia, they do not want to be in that particular place. So the suggestion here was Novadex 40 milligrams a day or a Remedex at one milligram every other day. And added to, to, to help the person, the cycle here of uh, combating estrogen. Novadex is, of course, a serum, where Arimidex is a, a aromatized inhibitor. It kind of, it's almost, to me, and again, every single version of the death cycle I've seen has been something like this in here. It's almost kind of an afterthought. And, and really, with the crazy amount of drugs he was doing, I'd be damn surprised, sorry, as per the death cycle, the rumored cycle, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't having a bunch of side effects and, and, and a Novadex or Rimidex definitely needs to be in there. I, I, knowing what's coming, I'm surprised there wasn't more issues with regards to how many of these drugs were going to be working against each other, never mind working in conjunction to, to build a beast. So yeah, let's get on to the next one, Steve. Uh, Steve's favorite one, and I'll let Steve cover this because he suggests us a million times. Trend, trend, trend. Yeah, and... At that level, let's be honest, Mobster, if you want to get to that level, you got to be using Trend. Um, you're not going to be able to compete against other people. So Trend is one of those that came around really late 80s, 90s, guys started using it. I would say in the late 80s, early 90s, guys started using it. They started blowing away their competition. I, I consider Trend one of the transitional steroids between from the 80s to the 90s. You compare to what the guys, the Mr. Olympia guys, look like in the early 80s compare them to what they look like in the in the early 90s it's night and day and trend is one of yeah. the reasons so we think with him he was using trend hex over a thousand a thousand milligrams a week trend ace acetate which is a shorter ester 1400 milligrams a week so in total moms are 2400 milligrams a week of trend alone trend gives <laughs> Trend gives you amazing strength and mass gains. And for a normal person, look, with me, I tell people all, all the, on the forums, if you want to run twin, trend, you're a normal gym rat, okay? You're a normal gym rat. You just want to build muscle and get strong. 250 milligrams a week by itself. Yes. You don't need 
to run anything with it. You don't need to run tests with it. You don't have to run an oral with it. You don't have to run nothing with it. Just by itself is plenty to give you mm. tremendous results in six to seven weeks. You will have tremendous yeah. results. He was running 2,400 milligrams a week. <laughs> the problem with Trent is the side effects. Oh, my yes. gosh. Oh, my I mean, God. across the board, guys, it is the most brutal steroid when it comes to uh, side effects. And at the end of the day, everything got affected. All his organs got affected, his prostate, his head hair. It gives you side effects with your blood pressure, cholesterol. Oh, my gosh. Off the, I think on cholesterol, when I ran trend, my cholesterol level, my total, total uh, cholesterol levels were at 220 or 230. Yeah. So it set my cholesterol levels sky high, my total cholesterol. So it's a brutal steroid, guys. I can't imagine running it longer than seven weeks. It will absolutely screw you up the inflammation in the body will screw you up he not only ran it for a long period of time but he ran it a crazy amount of trembolone this alone can kill you this alone can i just jump in here steve so quick two quick pointers on on trend again and that's without getting into the dosage because even the upper end of what we talk about is 400 milligrams and that's if maybe you're running one or two other drugs and that's per week and this is again too fast 400 milligrams a week took the two together it's just crazy so Two, two, two stories. One relates to, again, trend being used because it's great for strength and aggression in the gym, being used by strength athletes. But the strength athletes tend to have a higher body fat than most bodybuilders. And so the trend sweats, the trend cough post-injection, the trend sweats when you're 150 kilogram body weight and Dallas would have been up into the, the high 200s, very low 300s in the off-season. Big, big man for his height. Um, waking up in the middle of the night having to change sheets sometimes having to put a towel on the bed to sleep getting out of bed and changing the t-shirt not having a central heating on or whatever this kind of stuff and this is 150 kilo because their body fat is much higher in strength athletes the other one and i believe i've addressed it on the forums and without getting the specific science it, uh, steve's called trend uh, the relationship destroyer and trend is the one and i'd have to get the specifics of the actual study in but believe the study went thus as a bunch of older fellas that were uh, taking trend given to them for pharmaceutical medical reasons. So it's all been prescribed by doctors, they've been monitored by doctors, etc. And the gist of the study was that these were 60 plus year old men with medical conditions, which a former trend was been given to them for. And all of them, when it wasn't just a combination of being 60 years of age, but it was the trend was showing signs of the dementia-like effects on the brain because of trend use. And if you're talking about how we're no great fans of the whole voyage rage thing, if you're a dick off, then you're a worse dick on steroids. That's where that comes from. But trend is the one that for some people, they feel like Superman. For some people, they kind of act like dicks. And trend is probably the one that's the most likely to make that happen. And again, that's at the dosages that Steve and I are talking about, not at 2,400 milligrams total. So, yeah, think about that. There's a great joke online on forums where guys are just jerking around with their, with their buddies and they're having a laugh and they're, they're jerking around with newbies, especially when they go, if you're not getting anywhere, up the trend. No, 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 no. If you want the guy to sweat, to cough, all the issues, the side effects, et cetera, et cetera, then, yeah, 
let's 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 have the silly boy try not too fast for 400 milligrams a week. It's just absolutely mental. I'll, I'll touch on the next two here, Steve. Test suspension and sustenance. Now, I'm a fan of with my decacycle. I've mentioned this many, many times. But test suspension, 1,400 milligrams a week. And sustenance, 1,250 milligrams a week. That's, that's kind of like two to three times the dose that I would normally use. And again, remember, when we're talking about this stuff, don't take these things in isolation. It is drug number 15 of an 18-drug cycle, rumoured death cycle, and you're at levels that are two to three times what you should be running if it was only one, two, or three drugs in a cycle. But no, it's drug number it's drug number 15. In fact, it's, I say drug, it's two drugs. So really, I think we're up to about 19 drugs here, Steve, because we had two kinds of strain, and then we've got two more drugs here. So there's actually 19 or 20 drugs here. We haven't even finished getting to the end of the cycle. Side effects include made aromatization into estrogen and androgenic sides like strained lipids. So really, really bad bloods, people. Gyno with that Novodex doing its best, and the aromatized inhibitor doing its best. Water retention. Oh my God, we've already talked about water retention twice already, and we're doing yet more drugs. I believe the test suspension is especially for yet more drugs for, for water retention. And again, six to seven times the recommended dosages. The pluses would be the keep giving muscle and strength gains. To be perfectly honest, and again, I haven't seen different versions of the death cycle where this stuff's not included. He's already doing at least two drugs that are going to aid with his strength. I can, I, I, it's kind of like taking everything in your larder and throwing it all in and hoping something's going to come out. I'm, I'm not seeing how the magic here is working. You'd almost want to run short versions of some of these steroids, some of these performance-enhancing drugs, at different points of the cycle but no this was kind of an all at once kind of cycle i'll let you get on to the next one steve equipoise yeah so we got three left um i can hit on these and then we can kind of get into his autopsy so equipoise mild steroid we think 1200 milligrams a week it's similar to primo guys um it's going to give you side effects when you jack up the dose like that so a normal person you'd probably run 400 500 milligrams plenty even by itself, plenty to get the job done. Um, and But if you run too much of it, you start getting the side effects. So he threw in 1,200 milligrams a week. So between the EQ, the testosterone, the trend, the Winstrol, the Primo, the MPP, these are all steroids, guys. That and, the, and then the Halo, too. I mean, all these steroids help you build muscle and build strength and build size. So all those are working in tandem. That's a heavy, heavy dose. And then oh, the last yeah. two guys, Proviron. Proviron is a hardener, 150 milligrams a day of Proviron, which is about, which is a good, you know, three, four times the dosage as a normal person would use. And, you know, at that dosage, you're going to get some DHT problems, although uh, Proviron does have uh, very little side effects, but it's a good finisher for everything. It's a good complement, I'd say, for everything. Not finisher, but a good complement to everything. And the last one would be Tudka. It's a bioacid naturally found in our bodies. It's supplemented. This is a must use on any cycle. You run any steroid cycle. This is why I recommend into guard, which has Tudka already in it. And this is going to help him with his organ health. But when you're running this much stuff on, you can run all the <laughs> supplement support you want. It's not going to make a difference. So the cycle length of this mobster, eight to 16 weeks. This is the, yeah. this is a, a tremendous amount of time. 
We're talking two to four months on this cycle in total. Wow. And when he was yeah. off of the cycle, he was still using a bunch of stuff. So the price, tens of thousands a month, guys. And that doesn't even oh, yeah. your medical bills that are going to come and they're going to come back to bite you in the future too. So, I mean, you can't, it's priceless. The, uh, the metal, the, the price on this is priceless. So now let's head over to his toxicology report, which is going to be on the autopsy article that I wrote. And we have some things monster. We have caffeine, marijuana, other recreational drugs, alcohol, and steroids, which were found in this. So I can kind of touch on the caffeine and marijuana first. He did have both in his system. Uh, the caffeine in his system, guys, when you're running that much stuff, you're going to be fatigued. So he would run the caffeine to kind of get his energy up. The problem with doing that is caffeine has side effects. Uh, caffeine, ironically, has more side effects than, than many other things that we take that are considered bad for us. But people take caffeine, and caffeine basically will hike your heart rate. It will mess with your heart, get your, it'll get your pulse up. So this contributed as well to his death, this, the, the amount of caffeine that was, that was – it's a stimulant, and it's going to stimulate yourself – and the thing is, it's going to basically get him through his workouts because he's going to feel like crap and he's not even going to want to work out. So the caffeine kind of gets him hyped up for his workout. Marijuana, he tested positive for, for weed. Uh, marijuana, you know, we could talk about the political aspect of it, you know, whether it should be legalized or stuff. I think most of us who are listening to this podcast agree it's ridiculous that you go to jail for marijuana. It's just so, it's yeah. just her. But one of the reasons I think he was taking the marijuana is self-medicating himself. The marijuana is an herbal. It's going to help calm him down. It's going to help him sleep. It's going to help boost yeah. his appetite. One of the things that you happen when your body is sick inside, you're not going to want to eat. So I think the marijuana can help with that. It's kind of like giving a cat catnip. It's going to help, you know, it's going to help you know, it's kind of, it's going to give you a little high. It's going to help you uh, relax and calm down. So he would have been a nervous wreck on all these uh, steroids. So other recreational drugs, none were found. Alcohol, none was found. <laughs> Thankfully, if he was taking alcohol, he would have died a lot sooner. And then steroids, they, they did find steroids in the system. Many of the steroids they found in the system were exactly the ones we talked about in our article. So yeah, let's let's talk about um, you want to definitely talk about let's talk about his last day real quick to kind of finish up. Uh, we have about 15, 10, 15 minutes left. I'll bring you in to kind of finish up uh, what else was found on his autopsy. But his last horse was girlfriend was uh, Dana Brooke was I love you. Goodbye. And she said that he was fine earlier in the day. He even got on a workout and he was planning a, a quiet evening at home cooking dinner. And then on August 22nd, 2017, Dallas McCarver was found unconscious during the night by a friend at his home. He was rushed to the hospital, pronounced dead. The initial reports blamed choking on food as his death, but three months later, the autopsy would be revealed, and it had a lot of things in there, which kind of led to the fact that, no, it was not choking, but it had everything to do with how bad he was dying inside. So let me just say, guys, in bodybuilding, bodybuilding is a facade. The outside, you would think uh, to a normal person, they look at a bodybuilder on the outside, like, wow, this person's strong, he's vibrant, he's in great shape. The reality is they're not. On the inside, they're actually 
dimed. So that type of bodybuilding at that level, that's how it is, guys. Um, you look amazing on the outside, but if you were to take a look at the inside, it would be a, a wreck. If you did blood work, blood work, half the things on your blood work would be messed up. So I had to put down my cat a couple of weeks ago. My cat was old. My cat was sick. We did the blood work on her. Half the things in her blood work were off, half of them. So she must have mm. felt like crap all the time, 24 seven. She, you know, so this is exactly what happened. If they were to run blood work, these bodybuilders, which a lot of them avoid, I've interviewed them. I interviewed Boston Lloyd a couple of times. Boston Lloyd told me point blank. He doesn't want to see his blood work because he knows it's going to be bad. So he wants to stay ignorant on his blood work. That was what, that was his words. So that's what these guys, they don't want to see the reality of what they're doing inside. And if they did the blood work, they would see that. Even a healthy person who runs a moderate amount of steroids, guys, your blood work is going to get messed up. I even told you guys, even me, Trembolone, even running two, 300 milligrams a week, which is considered a conservative dosage of Trembolone, it sent my cholesterol level sky high. So again, guys, these guys are abusing the crap out of these steroids, and it's really going to cost them. And it did cost Dallas McCarver. So Mobster, do you want to talk about a little bit more of his autopsy and, and give some of your final thoughts? Oh, for sure. So for what we're basically talking about in terms of the autopsy, and obviously they've gone through, as you say, the drug analysis and seeing what's in his system at the time, is essentially people, he had a heart attack. I'll keep it real, real, real simple. So the initial reports, and I mentioned this to Steve in the pre-show, the initial reports was that he'd choked to death. Jason Lenoir, which is the Australian bodybuilder, the fellow that just himself had medical issues uh, in the last 12 to 18 months, was his, was his uh, sharing a flat, was sharing the apartment with him and splitting the rent or whatever, wherever they were living, and gone out for a move with his girlfriend, and he comes back and he finds Dallas on the floor it feels like he's choked to death. There's some food in the throat and he does, he's trying to get the food out. He's trying to do CPR. See, the initial reports that came out was that he choked to death. In reality, he'd had a heart attack as a result of the medical conditions. And I'll read the exact phrase that's written here from the autopsy. It says, severe concentric left ventricular hypertrophy with coronary, and don't ask me to pronounce this last word, Steve, but essentially thickening of the arteries and thickening of the left ventricle. So, this is going to cause arrhythmia on top of everything else that we believe he's done, especially with the death cycle, he has cardiac arrest. So what we thought was a choke in the death is in fact someone, a guy having a meal and swallowing food when he has a heart attack. In fact, based on that message that had been sent, I'm guessing he felt like, to, to coin a phrase here, Stephen, it's a bit crude again, beating up fucking dog shit. And he kind of felt that he was having a heart attack. He felt really, really bad. But the autopsy revealed that he had Severely, severe cardio, I don't even know how to pronounce this word again, Megali, uh, with, uh, okay, this is a thing, it's kind of weird sometimes with athletes, an enlarged heart sometimes comes as a part of the fact that you exercise and lift crazy weights or do crazy athletic things and whatever else, and sometimes that can reduce over time, but equally, if the heart's real, real big, it's banging up against the side of the rib cage, and that's one of the few things that's not changed, you've got these huge pecs, it's great back, but your rib cage is barely expanded, to support this enlarged heart that you've got as a result of being an athlete. But then we're going to talk about crazy amounts of drugs. We get into the, the thickening of the arteries, the, the damage to the heart, lungs. I'm not, as, as per the article, it's not even that bad really, because again, you're an athlete. You're, you're, the fact that you should be breathing hard, 
doing this kind of stuff, especially if you're a cardiovascular type athlete, a runner, whatever else, having more uh, efficient lungs or larger lungs. It's for, for example, the, the people that do the deep sea diving and they go down on one breath and come up, their lungs sometimes twice the size of normal, the volumes are all good. An enlarged liver, no great surprise. The liver is doing all the work, the kidneys are doing all the work, your, your, your organs are doing all this work to support everything else. It's a combination of being a real big strong guy if you're healthy, but equally doing all these steroids, and of course you're going to be doing damage. I think the main thing here, Steve, and you mentioned the toxicology, the main thing here is that they had a family history of medical issues specifically relating to the, the, the heart, to, to cardiac issues. So you've got a guy that's decided he wants to be 300 pounds. If he's doing a rumored death cycle, it's causing all this damage and the dice have already been rolled. Your family history, and I'll use, uh, I'm trying to think of another very well-known bodybuilder back in the day who was eating six pounds of steak and his dad was in a wheelchair and his dad had had heart issues and the bodybuilder himself ended up with the same heart issues having six pound of steak a day. So here we got a family history of heart issues and you decide to be a 300 pound bodybuilder doing 19 to 20 drugs for, for eight weeks would be crazy. 16 weeks is just, I mean, I've talked about this on the forums, crazy, crazy length for my opinion. You're much better off doing eight to 10, maximum 12 weeks, once to twice a year in my opinion. And again, not 19 or 20 drugs, but here we have, as I said, if, 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 for example, the guys on the forums are posting about male pattern baldness, and if I take this drug, is my hair going to fall out? And you go, if your mum's bald, if your dad's bald, you're going to be bald. And you're going to be bald real quick because you're taking a steroid. So you've got people in your family that have got medical issues with their heart, and you're taking a bunch of drugs that's going to cause you heart issues. You're right. It's, you might as well be like, I, I, I use the, the phrase with Stephen the Free Show, you're rolling more than one dice here. You're gambling with two or three things all at once in your desire to be maybe, maybe a Mr. Olympia, maybe the next big thing. So the fact that he didn't have certain drugs in his system when the autopsy was done was kind of like amazing, really. And yet this, this stuff came out there. So this is one of the few people that we've actually been able to see uh, the autopsy and see clearly what was going on. And yet no one, and Steve knows this as well as I do, no one's really turned around and said, you know what, we think that the death cycle's completely made up bullshit. Everybody seems to have agreed by virtue of rumour, by virtue of word of mouth, by what was being put out there, what was being discussed, that pretty much this was kind of on the table. Now, we might argue over the specific milligram amounts. We might argue over, you can say one person, I heard this, and one person, I heard that. With Dallas, it seems to be almost a given. No one come back and said, you know what, that's, that's, that's a bunch of bullshit. I, I, my opinion, and I mentioned this right at the beginning of the uh, uh, podcast, was I think it was one of those, what's the craziest thing I can do that you would not normally suggest? In fact, maybe even that was the way that the conversation went. Tell me something crazy. And the guy says, oh, well, I wouldn't recommend this, but if I was going to do something absolutely mental, this is what I would do. And the ball was picked up and they've gone away and decided to do this. Now, even if this is one great big, crying, crazy, made-up cycle, we know that he would have been using steroids to get as big as he was. We know that he was hungry to win. We know that we, he'd had a backstage issue at one competition. 
we know that uh, I think Sean Ray touched upon the fact in one of his videos, he says, how is this guy so out of shape that he's huffing and puffing, to, to, again, to use a Brit phrase, like a steam train during a posing video. Uh, and then, then, then they started saying, Chad's saying this and Chad's recommending that and this is happening and that's happening. So there was a bit of back and forth at that at the time. But as I said earlier on, this is on top of family medical history. If, for example, you have a family history for cancer, is IGF a real good idea? If you've got a family history for cancer, again, would a myostatin, a non-selective myostatin inhibitor would be a really good idea? No. If you've got a family history for baldness and you're taking drugs that cause baldness, that's a real bad idea. If you've got family issues or your own personal issues for anxiety, what the hell are you using the high doses as a trend? Why are you using high doses as a thyroid drugs? So all of that kind of stuff. And you go, right, so Dallas's family have a family history of more than one individual having cardiac issues. And here you are around 300 pounds doing over 20 drugs. We just went through 18, but some of those were for more than one drug. So I think off the top of me, that's 22 drugs, Steve. And you're, you're damaging the heart. And that's just without the, the, the DHT issues, that's without the baldnesses, that's without the prostate issues. And I think Steve said just now, even if it was eight to 12, 16 weeks, we're talking about a guy that can't, please God, not run this for longer, not run this multiple times a year, not run this kind of level. We understand the, the desire. We understand wanting to be a world-class athlete, whether it's in strength, whether it's in football, whether it's in soccer, whether it's in baseball. We, we get it. We, 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 we've been there. We want, we want that for ourselves. I'm, I'm lucky. I've still got world records. I get it. But I don't know that I'm, my, my, my desire to be an athlete matches my desire to do absolutely crazy amounts of drugs to the point where I damage myself. Now, I'll touch on one more thing, Steve. I've seen a million times on the forums, I'm only slightly exaggerating when I say a million times, of guys that want to do the whole live fast, die young. And that's not just with PEDs, but that's recreational drugs. How you feel when you're 18 to 25, maybe you've got some sort of issue and you're actually doing kind of crazy amounts of alcohol, smoking cannabis till it comes out of your ears, sniffing God knows what off someone's kitchen table, I don't know, and you don't care. And then five or six years down the road, assuming you haven't destroyed parts of your body, that your nose is still intact and all that kind of stuff, you change your mind. This is one of those kind of cycles when you go, what seemed a real great idea when I was real hungry to be the number one bodybuilder in the world, killed me when I was 26 years of age. I, I died a kind of not very nice for his family, kind of ugly death, choking to death on food in my own, in my apartment, when I don't know the best part of 300 pounds off season, when I had so much potential, if I hadn't been in a rush, if I hadn't pushed the envelope quite so hard, who only knows where this guy's future was there. In terms of his physique, in terms of his strength, in terms of the training stuff that we do, we, don't, we normally touched on that, but we didn't. He's a big, strong guy doing some crazy things in the gym, looked real, real good. Bang, 26 years of age, people. You're just, to, to, to use a phrase, you're just getting into your stride as a bodybuilder if you're 26. And that light was switched off. That, that candle was blown out. It's been and gone. Back to you, Steve. I think bigorexia is definitely something that was in play here, mobster. Um, I think also poor role models that he was following was also in play. And yeah. um, I want to, you know, I don't want to, 
bring Rich Piana back in this, but I think it is connected to this because Dallas McCarver was half about half uh, Rich Piana's age. Rich Piana was in his forties. Dallas McCarver was in his twenties. So, you know, a little older than half is have Rich Piana. I think if he looked up to Rich Piana, wanted to be like Rich Piana, that size, this could have convinced them to do this. He was in a rush. Mr. Olympia winners are in their late thirties, early forties these days. They're not in their twenties. So if he's in a rush to win Mr. Olympia, he's thinking, well, I got to basically run more steroids than everyone else. I got to run more drugs than everybody else to catch mm. up, to make in that gap. And it just doesn't work like that. Our bodies don't work like that guys. You cannot improve no. in a linear no. fashion. If you're, if you can't get that out of your head, that your body's not going to improve in a linear fashion, whether it's bodybuilding or strength training or anything, you yeah. are just going to drive yourself crazy because our bodies don't work like we're not robots. We're not like a computer where you have a computer. Okay. You have the box, you take the computer, you open it up, you put in more Ram, you close it up. Boom. Now your computer has more Ram a year later. You're like, yeah, I want more Ram. Take the computer, open it up, put in more Ram, close it up. Our bodies aren't like that. You can't just no. keep, you know, our bodies don't like that. Uh, can't You can't just improve in a linear fashion forever. It's going to be ups and downs. It's kind of like the stock market. It's going to go up and down. It's going to open. It's not going to go up forever. It's going to go up and down. So, um, you know, in these situations, I think there is a mental aspect to this. I think also a lack of loving your body. Um, we see this in bodybuilding mm. as well. There's, there's, there's the cockiness, the egotistical loving your body, and there's actually loving your body where you want your body to be healthy where your organs are in good shape, you're in great shape, you can go run a mile, you know, no problem. Some people can't even go and check their mail. They're so out of shape in, in bodybuilding. And I think that that's another aspect too. You got to love your body. You got to take care of your body. Our body is like a car. If you don't take care of it, it's not going to last long. You know, you, in a normal situation, you know, a car, even if it's an electric vehicle, you still have to change the tires. You got to balance, you got to rotate, you got to, you know, you got to clean the car, you got to wash the car, you got to wash the inside. Otherwise it's going to, going to go turn to crap. So it's the same thing with our body. So maintenance is important guys. I strongly advise people who want to get into bodybuilding to implement things like yoga it's maintenance on your body, the mobility, the stretching. I also recommend fasting. If Dallas McCarver had went hot and heavy at this and fasted here and there, come off everything, including the food, come off everything, give your body yeah. a break, let your body recover itself. He would still be alive today. Even if he did abuse steroids and abuse all these other drugs, he would be, he would be alive today. Just give your body a break. For a few days from everything, the supplements, the food, the steroids, everything for a few days or a week yeah. and just let your body recover. So that's a really, really important thing to be doing uh, to take care of your body. Uh, your body just needs a break. The food, the sheer amounts of food that these guys are eating. This wasn't in the autopsy report, but what, what, when did he die while he was eating? When you eat that much food, it's inflammatory in the body. The body has to process that food. It's a lot of work on your body. It's a lot of pressure on your gut across the board. And you, once you ruin your gut health, the rest of your body will go along with it. So it's very, very important, guys, to, to take breaks from steroid use, take breaks from supplements, take breaks from food, take breaks from everything that you're taking yeah. to give your body a break. And uh, this is something that guys need to start doing. 
Look at look at the Mr. Olympias of the last few years. In terms, I'm thinking, for example, of Jay Cutler, Dexter Jackson, Dorian Yates, Lee Haney, and so on. And I used this example in a recent podcast that we recorded that we going live stream when I said Dexter Jackson, for example, would have a holiday straight after the Mr. Olympia and take time out to reconnect with the family and go on a cruise. Another one that was put on the cruises and would have a three-month holiday. And when Steve says that we're coming off everything, including the food, this was out there as well. So Ronnie Coleman would have reportedly two to three months off everything, all the supplements, and we use that as a euphemism rather than just meaning protein powder and, and vitamin pills. We mean everything, all the PEDs, everything, coming off, having time off, letting the body weight drop down, giving your joints a chance to recover, et cetera, et cetera. Look at Dorian Yates. Steve said mentioned before, yoga. Look at Dorian Yates now, yoga. There are photographs and videos of him on the grass out in Spain doing yoga every day, staying limber, staying in shape now, real good for his age. Lee Haney. Lee Haney looks amazing for a man of his age. How dignified is this fella? And again, he talks about stimulate, not annihilate. I think he was talking about everything again that was on the table there, Steve. A little bit doing exactly what it needed to do to become Mr. Olympia versus doing a load. And that was with training as well as, and I'm putting, and again, this is a, it's just a guess on my part, as well as the drugs, the PEDs and everything else. And that's just those guys right there. We, we did a podcast recently on Chris Dickerson, still training in his 70s. We've got a bunch of other guys out there, old school with this kind of stuff, where they run, run, run for example, guys that used to grow into competitions. So the only time that they're going 100 miles an hour and the only time they're pushing their body to the absolute maximum with both drugs and nutrition and training is building up and running into a competition rather than walking around at 300 pounds in the off-season and to, to, to coin a phrase, running those turbos, running their engine hard when they don't need to. And that's just, that's that. and again, that's on sensible doses. That's, but as, as Steve said, if you're putting a, if you're having to push six to seven thousand calories a day into your mouth just to be this size and then doing crazy amounts then pounding the blood pressure and then pounding the prostate and then pushing your ability to hold onto your hair on your head and all the rest of that kind of stuff. I'm probably one of the bigger guys on, on the forum. And in terms of my gains, and I've touched on this before, my gains have been average, average, three to six pounds a year, three pounds a year, natural average and six pounds a year when i've been on cycle that works out to about four and a half pounds a year but for 41 years so when i'm dressed fully dressed this is not naked in my pants in the morning before breakfast this is fully dressed i've, I've had my breakfast and i'm 317 320 pounds on the scales my gains were average i was not gaining 10 15 20 pounds a year cycle on cycle i've just gained for a very, very long time, a typical amount of weight per year. And, and, and I'm having this conversation with you now, now guys, with being at a breath, weighing over 300, nearly 320 pounds. I came back from my, my, my walk, my, my 1,800, 2,000 steps, my morning walk, before I did the podcast. <laughs> I'm dragging. I showed Steve. I got a new machine for the home gym, another toy for the home gym, and I'm dragging that thing in myself. 150 kilos. I'm not saying it was easy. It was hard. When I dragged that machine into the gym, I got it stood up. I did all the stuff I needed to do on my own. I didn't have to go and get some help because I trained in the morning, and I still managed to get my food in. But I also did my steps in the morning. You gotta think. 
a lot of the time when we're having this stuff with, with on, on on the forums and we ask guys are asking about cycles and what can I do? And I really, really want to gain 15 or 20 pounds. I really, really want to be like the next Alice. They're not thinking long term. Think long term. Because I would hate for any of you guys to go out and take a piece of advice off the forums, look at something like the death cycle, get there and do crazy stuff and be ruined physically, whether that's whether that's joints, whether that's muscle tears, whether that's organ issues, whether that's being bald or whatever else, because you found something on the forum, you saw something crazy like this, and you fucked up and you were hurt badly, or worse, of course, as Dallas, dead at 26 versus me and Steve saying, this is the way. You're still going to be fantastically mushroom. You're still going to be amazing. 90% of the population will think you're, you look like an Adonis. And you can be doing this stuff when you're in your 40s and 50s, when you can still look fantastic on the beach, when you are healthy and doing this stuff on the beach. So the death cycle, for my last few words is Steve, the death cycle is an extreme example of the extremes of this, the way that you can do drugs in our sport. But with the, the purpose of this podcast is not to demonstrate how crazy some of the guys are. It's to tell you that you do not need to do this. I'll quote from the conclusion of the article that we referred to that's on the forms you guys are read, and we'll link this into the information. When I'll paraphrase, when a, a big muscular guy that's aged just 26 years of age might have done this kind of cycle, then it's a sad day for us both as fans of the sport and for the sport as a whole, and potentially for those people that could be influenced just by reading about the, the, what might have killed him and deciding it's worth it for them. It's not. There are other ways and means. And if you've got the genetics, and Dallas definitely had the genetics, if he'd have slowed down a tiny, tiny little bit and paid more attention to his heart health, he had a, a fantastic, potentially fantastic future ahead of him. Back to you, Steve, for the final words. Yeah, and one more thing. I don't think we mentioned this in the mobster. Did we cancer? They found some cancer in his body. Yeah. So, um, guys, when you use – I, I, I got to mention this because a lot of people don't understand this. When you – all of us have cancer cells in our body already. So yeah. what happens, especially, like, as men, our prostate. Now, mobster, you're, you're in your 50s. 56. So 56. I believe it's either 50 years old or 60 years old. You have I've a – Two tests. I've had. I've had. I've yep. had my, to, for the for the dubious pleasure of having my prostate examined at age 40, 45, and another one more recently. I'm going to say when I was fifty. I probably got that again when I'm sixty, and I'll probably have it more frequently. God help me. Thank you very much, doctor. As I get older, so definitely something that guys my age talk about amongst themselves. Way more comfortable than used to, but that's without pushing the, the, the your yep. your body physically like like this this cycle would have done. That's just yep. for normal guys, perfectly normal guys, perfectly healthy guys. The older you get, the more potential issues for prostate there is. Thank and you, you have, I think I read something, you have a million cancer cells in your prostate once you hit either 50 or 60 years old already. So adding mm -hmm. anabolic steroids to that is like lighting the fire. Wow. It's anabolic steroids, the estrogen yeah. from the anabolic steroids blows up the cancer. The androgens blow up the cancer. The inflammation from the steroids blow up the cancer. These are anabolic steroids are not catabolic steroids are anabolic steroids so you're opening yourself up to cancer and, and das mccarver indeed did have cancer at 26 so if he had not passed away 
And over time, he would have developed cancer. And a lot of these bodybuilders do have cancer in the body. They just may not know about it or they don't want to know about it. So that's mm-hmm. another thing to watch out for, guys. I'm not trying to scare you guys, but it is something that we have Perhaps. to be we have to be aware of. So, yeah. So it's just, um, just um, and and cancer is one of those things you, by the time you start getting side effects for cancer, a lot of times it's too late. That's the problem. It's not like the heart where you can just go test your blood sugar, uh, blood pressure at home. You get a heart rate monitor, test your, that's your blood pressure at home. And it's easy, but cancer is not easy. You've got to, some of these cancers are not easy to find. And doctors misdiagnose cancer all the time. So mm-hmm. it's very, very important to be aware. Just not put yourself in those situations, guys. That, that's all I'll, I'll wrap up with. All right. So the next one we're doing, guys, and mobster, you're going to have fun with this. This is a guy who has very unconventional. He got popular on social media for having unconventional workouts. So we're going to hit this. I'm very curious to hear mobsters uh, uh, on this one because he's the uh, weight training guru. He's been doing this for 50 years. So he's the pro on weight training. So I'm very curious to hear your opinion on this guy's unconventional workouts. I think it's kind of going to be a fun show. I, I, I need to go over and watch at least one of those videos. I think, and I'm not going to mention the fella's name, I, to, to, to use a phrase we use here in the, the UK, I think he was winding people up. I think he did some videos just to jerk the, 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 the naysayers, the haters, as they say, to jerk their chain to get a response or reaction from him so it's kind of interesting what's happened to him since uh he's been big on the scene and disappeared so i won't mention his name i'm going to go off and watch one of his videos for my last bit of research done some already for for the podcast uh i, I as i said i think he was having fun i think he was doing stuff on videos and trading and just to get people to say oh you shouldn't be doing that in the gym back to you steve All right, guys, we will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy it.